0: Hello, hello, amazing humans. It's another episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast with me, your host, Angela, from Angela Henderson Consulting. And today we're going to have the most bold and colorfulest... Is that even a word? I'm not too sure. Anyways, the most amazing human being on the show, aka Suzanne Chadwick from the Connection Exchange today, who's going to be joining us to talk about the seven ways to build your personal brand. Through this conversation, the core things that we're really going to look at is what is a personal brand, the benefits of having a personal brand, and then Suzanne's seven ways that you can build your personal brand to get you up and noticeable. But before we start talking about the seven ways to build a personal brand, I want you to know that this episode is sponsored by my four-day, three-night exclusive Women in Business Retreat, where we focus on women having the chance to connect, refocus, learn, and grow in order to grow both their business and in life. It is an amazing four days filled with great people, great speakers, great masterminds, great food, great creative sessions. It is just an amazing event. It's going to be held from October 24th through to October 27th at the Gold Coast here in Queensland, Australia. And it's an exclusive event with only 50 tickets being sold. And I can confirm we've already sold 25% of those tickets. To learn more about this amazing retreat, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and simply click on Retreat. Now, let's get into this amazing episode with Suze, where we're going to talk about the seven ways to build your personal brand. Let's rock and roll. Hello, hello, Miss Suzanne. How are you today? Thank you so much for being on the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Pleasure. It's amazing
1: to be here. Thanks for having me. Gosh, thank you. Now, tell me, how is the Melbourne weather today? Uh, It's fabulous, as always. It's like 34 degrees, On the weekend, it's going to be 37. You know, we're so used to having fabulous weather all the time. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: the time. Now, listen, there's been many times I've been to Melbourne. It is so cold. My cold is cold. So, listen, but now you guys seem to be getting hotter and hotter down that way. Good old global warming. But,
1: yeah, it has been, it's been a hot summer and I'm trying not to complain because it's (laughs) really cold here. So, you know, I'm like, it's fine. It's fine that it's like 37 or 40 degrees again. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of went cool a couple of weeks ago, and we're back up into the mid to high 30s uh, this week and next week. So apparently, autumn is not going to be very cool. <laughs> See <laughs> yes, what happens.
0: Say, that's how I feel about Queensland. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're just wearing shorts
1: so year round all the time now. Yeah, I'm not sure I could cope with Queensland if I wanted. So I do kind of like the seasons. Yes. Like, I like autumn. I like when it's a bit cold in winter. But yeah, I love a good summer, and we're definitely having a good summer in Melbourne.
0: And I know my family, when I complain about the heat back home, they're like, don't start. And like my family member sent me the screenshot. It was minus 33, but felt like minus 43. And so she's like, can you just keep, you know, you're complaining to a minimal. We are freezing over here. She's like, school's been called off. I can't handle it. So yeah. So I do try and look at, we are grateful that we can just walk out in
1: basically flip-flops or no shoes and we'll be fine, you know, so Amazing. Well, my old girlfriend from London, she's uh, from Toronto and she used to love telling me about uh, the fact that you had like, what was a skin exposure times? Like you could only be out in the it like outside for a certain amount of time before your it would start to affect your skin and I was like what yeah that's you... like frostbit like, oh, like, yes. your skin
0: will start turning colors and uh, then yeah. like amputation and things like that so we don't have that to worry about which is always good
1: yeah I'm not great in the cold <laughs>
0: <laughs> now listen before we get started into our wonderful podcast with you today I do want to talk to you a little bit about you and who you are but one thing I like to do with every person that comes on the podcast is a little fun fact so I wanted to know what is your what's the best restaurant in Melbourne that anyone should go to if we were to hit
1: Melbourne? Oh, that's such a hard question. There are so many. What is my favourite restaurant in Melbourne? Um, oh, gosh, you're going to stump me now. Um, I do like Koda. Koda is very good. Mm-hmm. And what do they offer that's so good? Oh, Koda kind of, it's, uh, it's sort of got a Malaysian, Asian feel to it. But you know when you eat something and all like the sounds just automatically come out of your mouth. It's Mm -hmm. just so so good. And what I love, and this is something that I really love about lots of restaurants in Melbourne now, like Chin Chin. um, You know, is is also you've got lots of little things. Mm -hmm. So you kind of order, or you just say to them, "There's like four of us. You order for us," and they just kind of bring lots of stuff. I'm very much that kind of eater. Yeah, I that sounds I, I, My main meals are so yesterday,
0: <laughs> so um, last year. So 1980. <laughs> I mean, we now are into culturally diverse, popping, yeah. you know, mean menus. So And so they do do that. I'm just trying to think somewhere in Brisbane, I don't think we have that luxury, whereas, like, people just, like, choose random menu selections. So, yeah, that sounds like a fun little dining. I outfit.
1: feel like, yeah, a lot of restaurants here now is kind of like you order lots of stuff and you just, nibble and pick and it's gorgeous
0: yeah and it's good to go yeah well I might need a trip down to Melbourne minus the cold so now before we hop into talking about the seven ways to build your personal brand which is a hot topic at the moment I want to know more so the listeners can you know tell us a little bit about you your history
1: yeah absolutely so uh so I run the connection exchange and it's a group and business for women in business And we run events, we do dinners, we've got a membership, we do co-working. And I come from a marketing and brand background, so I've worked with corporates as well to build their brands. I also am a speaking coach, so I've worked with executives as well as women in business to really articulate their message, build their presentations. Uh, and just get them a bit more confidence. So the connection exchange I started, I was I thought about it in 2013 and then we kind of started it in 2014 and in a bit of a nutshell, I had built a consulting business from scratch in a corporate. So we had done the pricing and packaging, the messaging, the branding, like contracts how we were going to work with people. And then I had some girlfriends who were sort of senior marketing execs or lawyers who were on maternity leave who wanted to start their own businesses. They didn't want to go back into the corporate world. And so over sort of a glass of wine on a dining room table (laughs) and a jotter pad, I was helping them to really identify how they were going to put this business together, Mm -hmm. Um, which is something that I really love. Like I'm very much a strategy girl uh, and they were just like, Suze, you need to like do this and get paid for it because I was just like, right, whatever. Yeah, like I was just in seventh heaven. Uh, And then when I decided to launch the Connection Exchange, I was really looking for a place for myself where I could connect with other women who I felt were kind of my vibe. Mm -hmm. I used to go to a lot of networking events and I didn't really feel like I was finding the right women for me. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, if you can't find it, you build it. Yes. So that's exactly what I did. Um, And I've attracted a tribe of women who I friggin' love and they're amazing. They've been in business for a while. Like they're smart, they're savvy, they're fun. You know, we love a glass of wine, um, but we all really support each other as well to grow, grow our businesses. But the thing I love as well is that we're really honest with each other. Like it's not all roses all of the time and we struggle and we've, Some have got kids, some haven't. And there's just a reality around it, which I really like.
0: And like you said, um, we were talking actually before the recording about, you know, sometimes in the online space, people are quite quick to either cut people down or whinge and moan because something's not going to plan but what I like is that you go okay well listen they don't actually have the networking event that I want so I can either complain about it or do nothing or I can do something and turn it into something really positive so that you know I mean is amazing because now you've got a cool tribe of people that you can call them but equally you can help the enormous amount of women in business to help grow you know collectively with their business and probably life in general
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of the first event that we ever run. So in March of 2014, which was really the first thing I ever did in my business, I'd never run an event before. Um, I spoke about this on a radio uh, interview recently, where basically I was like, if I went to a conference, what would I want it to be? And so I booked the most amazing space on St Kilda Beach, and we had gorgeous food and a champagne event. And I got Lisa Messenger as my main speaker, and it was epic. It was actually, called epic summit (laughs) it was was epic Um, but I there was a lot of tears and a lot of hard stuff that happened during that process but you learn a lot along the way and it launched my business you know in an amazing way so
0: in regards to launching your business so that business started but then what formulated from a personal brand point of view when did what did you always have the personal brand or did that pivot along the way
1: So I've always had a pretty good personal brand in the corporate space. I've been a conference speaker um, in the HR recruitment space for like 15 years. And so I knew what personal brand was. I knew that I needed to have a certain reputation in order for me to have the opportunities I wanted in in the corporate world as well. So to me, it's an obvious, but I feel like uh, when I've done a lot of work with women in business, it's not an obvious. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I'm super passionate about. And because I'm a speaking coach as well, for me, I just think getting up on a stage and being able to passionately articulate what it is you're here to do and how you can help and be able to share that with your ideal clients, I think is a gift. Like, I think, why wouldn't you do that? The one-to-many model is what personal branding is about. It's about having an amazing reputation for what it is you do and being able to amplify that.
0: And I think so many people out there might go, okay, this all sounds good, but You guys are probably a little bit more far advanced than us. I want to strip it back a little just so that some of them out there, they're kind of going, I think I get the personal brand, but I'm not 100% sure. So we're going to speak with you ultimately about seven ways to build your personal brand. But as I just said, we need to strip it back to the basics. So can you go back for those listeners who might not be familiar about personal branding? What is a personal brand?
1: Yeah, for me, a personal brand is your reputation in the market. For me, you know, they say... I think it was Jeff Bozos from Amazon who said, what is a brand? It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. Now, that might be about an organisation, but a personal brand is what they're saying about you when you're not in the room as a person. So if somebody is in a room and I'm not there and they're saying, oh, you know, I really want to be a speaker, I really want to build my personal brand, or uh, I really want to become more confident in certain areas, then I want my community people who know me to say, have you checked out Suze Chadwick? Like, if you, have you looked at her website? Do you know the Connection Exchange? It's people out there spruiking your wares based on what you are known for, what you share, and the great experiences that they have when they come in contact with you. And are you so,
0: and through that, what they feel, what they experience, et cetera, there must be benefits, obviously, of having that personal brand. Can you talk a little bit about what you think that means to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Having a really strong personal brand to me is that you've built enough trust and kudos with people that they want to know more. So the benefit is that, you know, you're going to attract more people to your business. They are going to feel connected to you. They're going to trust you. So they are probably going to want to engage with you, whether that's follow you on social media, purchase your products, talk about you to their friends Whatever that is, it's really about that connection that we feel. And I can guarantee you that anybody who's listening to this podcast right now can think of somebody that they follow that they love. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand what personal brand is, I want you to think about somebody who you're like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. She talks about X, Y, and Z. I make sure I check out her Insta stories every day. I read her blog, I watch her videos. Like if you're connected with somebody like that, that person has a really strong personal brand and you want to be around them and connected to them and involved in whatever it is they're doing.
0: And I know Chris Ducker talks about being someone's favourite. Your personal brand is that, again, like you just said, they want to be around you, whether or not that's online, in person, at a retreat, whatever that looks like, but you've become their favourite. They normally will start asking more questions. You'll see their name popping up because they just can't get enough of you.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I just, I I always say, not always, but more recently I say, Insta Stories has been a game changer for my business. I get a bit bored in the feed. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I get a bit bored in the feed. I, you know, I've kind of worked out a way to make it work for me, but Stories is natural for me because I'm a speaker and because I enjoy one-on-one or in-person interaction. Me getting on stories just feels so natural and the number of clients that I have gotten through stories that they have said to me, somebody said something about you, I went and checked out your Instagram, I have been following you on stories for the last three weeks, can I book you for a three-month coaching or can, you know, what, if, what programs have you got coming up, how can I work with you and I've said to them, what was it, there was a client I had the other day, what was it about my stories that made you book in with me. And she said, I just, I, obviously, you know what you're talking about based on what I've listened to. Uh, I It just built trust really quickly for me. And I really enjoyed your personality. So there were like multiple things. There was my expertise. There was access to me on a daily basis. There was building of trust and the fact that they just really liked me. Mm -hmm. And it's the no like and trust factor that we talk about all the time, all the time. And as you know, and so again,
0: so that's the and they do talk about as a side note for those that listening out there about Instagram. The reality with Instagram and all the changes that are populating is that you ultimately need to be utilizing Instagram as a collective domain platform. And like you said, yes, we all might be a little bit bored of the feed, but we need to all be upping our game with stories. And those stories will either help a personal brand or even a product based business. But again, yeah, we. Really need to be embracing, you know, stories. And I'm actually heading to social media marketing world and catching up with Tyler McCall from the U S who's a huge Instagram strategist. And uh, I can't wait to hear because he's putting together, you know, the top things that we need to be doing on Instagram. So oddly enough that what you say is 100% accurate that the, the personal brand can be, once they hear you, they see you, they see the emotion in
1: you. Instagram stories executes that beautifully. Yeah, absolutely, and I think people want to work with passionate people as well. So, I mean, you don't have to be. I'm an extrovert. You don't need to be like that, but I just think when you talk about what it is that you do and you're passionate about it and people can see that, it's like a whole other level because I think that social can be very flat. and What I mean by that is I could be looking at images or scrolling but not really engaging in what you're saying all the time. So there Mm -hmm. are people that I love but I don't read everything. But if they're on stories, I watch
0: everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think also with the personal brand is that next element that I'm hugely passionate about is that human to human element, you know, the H to H marketing. And when you have a personal brand and you're able to treat people like humans versus treating people like numbers, um, I think that, do you know what I mean, says something. And I think the way that you can do that is, is, again, through Insta stories, you're going to be able to reach a lot more people than that one dimensional, you know, marketing.
1: Yeah, and I did a post in the feed the other day that was sharing I've gotten three new clients in the last two weeks from Insta Stories. These are five things that I've done. Like I'm no expert, but I'm going to share with you some of the stuff that seems to be working for me so that if you're interested, you can check it out. And one of the things that I shared was that I have long DM conversations with people. I use the um, voice recorder a lot Mm -hmm. where I'm like, you know, hey, Ange, thanks so much for connecting with me. Uh, One of the things that you can take a look at is this, this, and this. I can send you, like, I'm literally having direct conversations with people through the platform. Mm -hmm. And that, once again, has been a game changer. People feel like they know you. They're not even in the same state as you. They've never met you in person, but you're having this relationship with them where they're seeing you on a daily basis. And remember, the mind doesn't know the difference between what is reality and what is virtual. Like if I'm seeing you every day and I'm listening to you every day, it's the same as if I'm meeting up with you every day. Mm -hmm. And I just think a lot of people don't realise the power of that
0: but again I think there's a power of doing it right and the power of doing it wrong right and that like again you've taken it to that next step to be able for them to continue to hear your voice to continue to build a relationship to have something personalized to them versus it being highly automated going copy and paste copy and paste copy and paste hi yeah I'm Suzanne here's my stuff go here and do this like you've taken time which really isn't that much more time than if you were to copy and paste anyways do you know what I mean by just Talking to so that's the benefits of having your personal brand. But for the businesses out there, they're like, "Oh, I'm a product based business. I don't need a personal brand." Or, uh, "I own a business with multiple people. Uh, Do I need a personal brand if we're all in business together?" What are your thoughts? Like, are there any businesses that shouldn't have a personal brand? And if so, why? If
1: you are wanting to have a like, if you're a larger organization or you're an SME where you want to just focus on the product. Um, you know, then you can definitely just have a corporate and a consumer brand, which and I work with some businesses like that. And I get that there are some business owners that aren't interested in having a personal brand. But the thing you've just got to ask yourself is how are you humanizing your brand? Mm-hmm. So you may not have the face of a business, but you still want your people to be interacting, et cetera. So I think Feather and Noise is a really good example as well. So they're a product-based business, they do clothing, and all of their staff kind of get involved in showing what the latest fashions are. They do a lot of lives. There's obviously the owner of the business as well, but I feel like she almost makes her people the hero of the brand. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it always has to be a single person, but I do think you've got to realise that we are now definitely in, in an age where people want to buy from people. Mm-hmm. And even when I work with corporates, I say to their executives, people want to join an organisation where they know who the leader is, they know what your values are, they know what you stand for and they want to work for you. So we want to work with people who, um, who, want, you know, who stand out for something. Mm -hmm. as well so i think that that's important if you are saying i don't want to be the face of the business then you have to ask yourself well who are they connecting with and what else can i give them and do i make my people the hero of our story or how do i make my customer the hero of our story maybe as well Mm -hmm. but i think that you've got to work out who who people are connecting to and there has to be a who not just a what. The other thing I want to say is that for product-based businesses, please, I buy from products on Instagram through stories on a weekly basis. So don't think that this is not for you. And that can be from plant pots through to fashion, through to wearable tech, through to gadgets, like it can be anything. So I think that If you've got people who are following you they're interested in your products and services and i talk about video marketing a lot it's like 80 percent of people will go and look for a video review or a video of the product in order to make a buying decision Mm -hmm. so don't underestimate the power of you showing people what it is rather than it just being uh, an image of your product.
0: Yeah. And I know with a lot of my product-based businesses, like I talk about the essences, you don't want to be the personal brand or like have you everywhere, but exactly that. Hop on a live every single week on a Thursday and showcase the new product that's just been released. Because even though like it's not you, they're still buying from you though. So you don't have to go like, hi, this is my personal brand. This is what I'm here to show you. Like even if you just had your head chopped off, and you're showing them, like, hey, this is the new, I don't know, lunchbox, unbox out, and da, da 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 and this is how it works. They're still hearing you. They're seeing how you're working it. You've taken time to show them how that product works. Your conversion is going to be much higher than just, again, that one-dimensional.
1: Yeah. And just on that, like, I have found people on Insta, like even artists. I'm thinking of um, one that I say, so Deb McNaughton. I'm looking at her paintings sitting on <laughs> Um, and I love her like she's I love her art but I love her she's got a great sense of humor Um, she shows me her family I see where she is I see the products that she's got so I do love as a woman I do love knowing who is the person behind the brand Mm -hmm. I feel like you can't underestimate the power of people wanting to connect with you as the business owner, whether you are a product or a service-based business. And I know with Finley and me,
0: my first business, I uh, at the very beginning used to have my profile pictures when I first started just of my logo. And then I changed that to a picture of me and then a picture of me and my kids. And as soon as I went from logo to person, now I was prepared to do that because I also was you know, blogging with some major brands and things like that. But again, the, it was a direct correlation with increase in sales. Do you know what I mean? Like, because people, I let my guard down. I wasn't just Meyer or target or big W I was someone, you know what I mean? Who had a daughter and who had a son and et cetera, et cetera. So it was always an in- interesting. And I say that to my product-based businesses, just test something for me. Can you replace your logo with an image of you, you know, and see what happens? And they're like, okay. Yeah. So, you know, so it is, it's super interesting. Now for, again, for those businesses that are like, eh, again, I'm not too sure the personal brand is for me. I'll give an example. My good friend, Jordan Harbinger, he was with um, one of America's top podcasts, The Art of Charm.
1: Things fell through with that. I was that. listening to him the other day.
0: Yes, he is an absolute legend. I've got a lot of time and respect for him and his Mrs. Jenny. Wonderful, some of the most wonderful people you'll ever meet. And what Jordan was saying is like at the very beginning, he because he was identified as the art of charm guy, there's like a couple of them on there. Do you mean you're just art of charm guy? And he slowly started to build his personal brand on the side, but nothing hardcore like he secured his um, URLs, his social handles, but didn't do a lot with it. But unfortunately, things went through with the Art of Charm. He left the show. Um, but it was because he had his personal brand started and on the side that he's probably actually doing better now than he ever did with the Art of Charm. So, again, it's one of those things that even if you might not be thinking that it's important or it's, you don't have a need for it now... Remember that your business, if it does what it's supposed to do to have a sustainable and profitable business is one day you could be doing consulting. One day you could be a podcaster. One day your, uh, your business may stay there, but you might pivot and start something else. And so in Jordan's essence, you I mean, it was a powerful thing that he secured all those URLs, did all of that. And uh, now is killing it.
1: Amazing. Yeah, I do think you've got to kind of think ahead. And I think that it is important to secure those if you can. I was telling you, There is a uh, Canadian opera singer who has SuzanneChadwick.com. Yep. I'm very annoyed about. Uh, (laughs) those damn Canadians, I tell you what, we're always causing mischief. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, all of my handles across social, which I changed a little while ago, are all Suze Chadwick, just so that there's consistency. (laughs) And if you Google Suze Chadwick, all of my stuff comes up. So I think it's also about that, you know, that repetition of your personal brand obviously means that when people are searching for you, all of your content is coming up and it's easy for them to find. you.
0: Yeah. And again, like you said, though, it's consistent. It's not yeah. some random person in Jamaica and then someone over here, like you should be, do you know what I mean, hitting for all those personal brand URLs. Yeah. So then let's get into, so now that we've covered what is a personal brand, the benefits, you know, what businesses should and shouldn't be securing personal, you know, brands and URLs. Can you walk us through the seven ways to build a personal brand?
1: Yeah, so this is something that I talk, I talk about quite a lot. Um, it's sort of focused on really amplifying your personal brand. And these are seven key things that I think are really important in 2019 and beyond mm-hmm. to have a strategy around it. So I think the first thing is really having a strategy and, and having um, a really clear understanding. Step one is thought leadership. Like, what is it that you want to be known for? Be really clear on that. What is it that you talk about? What is it that you do that that people will be talking about in that room that you're not in, that everybody else is talking about you? Um, you know, what is that? So I think really crafting what that message is, is really important. So for example, I always talk about play big brand bold. It's a philosophy. It's a course I run. It's thing you know it's basically what I talk on as well is in order to take your business to the next level you've got to choose every day to get out of your comfort zone play a bigger game and you've got to brand boldly so that you can stand out in the market and bold might mean different things to different people but for me that is my philosophy it's what I'm known for it's how I've branded my business and what I do and when people think about me that's what I want them to think about and so that repetition of that message and having my own take on what that looks like what that means and how I talk about it I think is really important Um, and I think that you can have different things that you talk about but I would really challenge you and say what is it that you want to be known for and have that in a sentence be really clear on that Um, and the other thing I would say is that have it so clear that that is what you constantly talk about, and it's how you position yourself so that everybody around you knows that that's what you talk about, that's what you're known for, and and it's easy for them to repeat that.
0: So, can you give us a couple of examples of people who
1: stand in your minds
0: that clearly know who they are and what they're known for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, like you know, everybody knows Marie Folio mm-hmm. and she uh, she's she always talks about everything's figure outable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is for you know life and business for her She does life and business coaching through Marie TV, etc. but she constantly talks about you can work anything out. you can figure anything out. Um, and no matter what the topic is, that is what I think she's known for and she uses that in social images. she's writing a book with that title at the moment. I'm writing my book, which is called Play Big Brand Bold. So once again, repetition of message as well. Um, I think, you know, uh, Chris Ducker, like you were talking about, the Upreneur. I know that he talks a lot about personal branding as well. So I've seen videos of him. I know that that's what his book's called. Obviously, um, Pat Flynn is Smart Passive Income. So I just think you've got people who have got really recognisable subtitles, if you can call it that, to their personal brand that everybody knows that's what they're about. Yep. No, perfect.
0: And would you, so, and of that, do you think it comes naturally or do you think that it develops over time with people who are working on their personal brands?
1: I think it's, uh, I think it's both. So I think it just depends. Uh, I do think that I always say, like, whenever I'm working with a client, it's, everything will percolate. We mm-hmm. will give things a first go. And then you will find words that might fit better or something might just kind of come to you one day in inspiration uh, and you will work it out. And so even with me, so I've got um, a personal brand uh, building group coaching program, which is closed now, but we're we're about to launch into it. And it was called 360 Bold Branding. But the more I spoke to people, all I was talking about was amplifying. What's the purpose of it? What's the outcome of it? To amplify your brand, to amplify your message, to amplify what you're doing. Um, and so I had to change it. So I just think you will find different iterations of it, but you will land on it. I feel like it's almost like a business name. For me, I was looking for lots of business names and the connection exchange came and I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think you will find that with your personal brand subtitle, if you want to call it that, your catchphrase, your headline, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, uh, it will, it will come. And when you land on the right thing, you'll know it. Mm -hmm. No, perfect. And then,
0: so what would the the second way to build a personal brand be?
1: Consistent marketing, (laughs) consistent content. So this is something else is that I have also had clients. I had what literally a message this morning saying to me, Suze, I've been on your email list for a long time. I love what you talk about. I love the fact that I get your podcast every week um now I need to work with you how can we do this and so I just think I can't believe that I'm still saying this in 2019 because I feel like this is basic stuff but the majority of people who I work with in business do not create consistent original content Mm -hmm. that whether it's a blog post whether it's a podcast whether it's like whatever it is they're they're not connecting on a regular basis with the people that are following them and I think it's a wasted opportunity and I think that once again in order to position you as an expert in your field with original thoughts and uh, somebody who wants to be known for a certain thing I kind of think it's a little bit lazy if I'm honest I think you're kind of hoping this is the other thing with personal brand people are like my business is not going where it, I need it to go. I'm not getting the clients I want to get. And I'm like, are you putting yourself out there? Are you, do you have original content? Are you connecting with people on a regular basis? Do you have an email list? And they're like, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of think these are, these are not sort of earth-moving, earth-shattering kind of things. I'm like, in order to build a really consistent, solid personal brand, create regular content, content in a space that works for you. So whether that's YouTube videos, whether it's a podcast, whether it's writing a blog, whether it's just showing up regularly on like Insta Stories or doing an Insta Live, whatever that is. Um, There's Erica, the Queen of Confidence. She's on Insta Stories. She does like her Q&A Tuesdays on Confidence on uh, on Insta Live every single week. Like so wherever you want to play, I'm not telling you where to play, pick a platform, commit to it, show up and
0: build your audience. Women in Business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day Women in Business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast Australia, designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day Women in Business Conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. And I think that's the thing is, is I think, again, how we're having these conversations in 2019 is that I think people think that running a business is easy. Like if you're just supposed to go, oh, boom, great. Now I'm going to have like million dollars falling out my ass, right? It doesn't work like that. It's like, it does take time. It does take energy. But if you're willing to put the hard yards in, the benefits will always like generally, I do not know anyone who's not put the hard, genuinely put the hard yards in and it's not paying off for them. The people who claim they did, I'm like, no, 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 no. You wanted a quick fix. You wanted an easy win. But those people who have done the hard hours, you know what I mean, done the weekends, done whatever, and worked hard, I'm not necessarily hustle because again, people who've been around know that I don't believe in hustle, because again, I think that leads to burnout. But I think, again, you have to work hard um, and consistent. And I do also like that you touched upon it, because that was something I was going to say. So I was working with a client this week, and she's fallen out of love of the social media platforms. I think we all can get that way at some stage. And I think it's okay to give yourself permission to take a breather and assess. And sometimes people can be trying to do everything and be everywhere. But again, choose a platform, be consistent on that platform um, and have your messaging consistent and everything else. Again, everything will be fine. You don't have to be everywhere. It's better to have quality. And that's, again, specifically on Instagram and Facebook. They're looking for
1: quality content versus quantity. Yeah, and the other thing that I would say as well is play where you love. Mm -hmm. Like You know, I love my podcast where, you know, we've just done a swap today. I'm on your podcast, you're going to be on my podcast. And I think that that's met, like I did a renovation last year in my home and my office is in my home. And so I'm normally a video girl, but I had to think about how am I going to do this when I'm going to be living in a building site? Uh, and I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while, which I started now in November 2017, and it's been one of the best things ever. I have gotten clients from it. I've had so many social shares from it. It's something I enjoy doing. I can do it in my Ugg boots and like a top knot and pyjamas if I wanted to. So I think finding the type of content that you enjoy creating means that you will not only be consistent, but you will continue to do it as well. Like don't kind of go, I'm just, I'm going to do a video every day. Or something <laughs> and it's just not sustainable. So I think be consistent, but work out how it can be sustainable for you. So you're showing up regularly. No, perfect. All right. Step number three. Step number three, I think, is speaking, podcasts, events or workshops. So for me, this is about... Um, you talking about what it is that you do. So I think it's really important now for you, like I said, to be able to articulate your message. And I think if you want to build a really strong personal brand, then speaking is a great way to do it because it's the one to many. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's a fear for a lot of people and I get that. So it's working out once again, how could this look for me? It may not be in front of 5,000 people. It might be at a workshop with five people. Or it might be you running your own events to give yourself a platform and position yourself as an expert in what you do. Um, Otherwise, it could be speaking at other people's workshops. Once again, it could be small or it could be big. But really taking a look at how am I positioning my message? How am I teaching what I know? And how am I accessing that one-to-many model can really help to take your personal brand to a new level too. So obviously I'm, well, not obviously, but I'm going to be speaking at your retreat in October, which I'm really looking forward to. I've actually given myself a goal of speaking at 30 events this year Mm -hmm. um, and I'm up to 16. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, but for me it's like, okay, I know that I want to go to another level. So what does that goal look like? And it's me running my own events, but me speaking on other people's panels um, and also putting that goal out there and saying, this is what I want to do. And then I know that other people are sort of going to come to me and say, oh, Suze, I heard that you want to speak at events. Are you able to speak at this event? So I think really using that platform is a really smart way of building your personal brand as well.
0: And again, I think it's not just about building your personal brand, in my opinion, but it's also the connections you make at these events. Because it's the connections who kind of like if you look at the minions, do you know what I mean? They then become your marketing gurus for you. They will talk about you. They will be kind about you. They will tag you in different Facebook groups. And then again, it's those relationships that just like blossom, not only for you, but equally for those
1: people that are around you. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think the other thing that I would say about personal brand, when I talk about and think about personal brand, all of the people that I follow and I love, I feel like they're awesome at connection. Mm-hmm. Obviously my business is called the Connection Exchange. <laughs> it's really important for me, but I feel like, like, I'll give you an example. If I message Sunny Lenarduzzi who does YouTube I get a response from her. If I message Amy Porterfield or I comment, I'll get like a like from her in the DMs. Like there's people who are real and who are human and who are not just kind of spraying, like just putting stuff out there all the time without actually caring about who they are trying to connect or attract. So when I talk about personal brand as well, which is actually the next tip for you is around community and connection like you cannot have a personal brand I think that is successful uh, in the long term if you don't work out how to build community around what you do and what you believe with people who have got similar values or want to learn from you or see you as their expert Um, and the connection is goes with it it's like how can I Have a conversation with you. How can I answer your questions? Um, And I think that the people who I follow, I think they do it exceptionally well. Like I'm a massive Amy Porterfield fan. Um, I'm in her insiders group, uh, and she does like live Q and As all the time. And it's it's not just kind of going, yeah, here, buy my thing, and then you never hear from me again. It's you know, it's really having that connection and that conversation. I think is one of the most important things that you can do otherwise it's empty
0: yeah I mean I couldn't agree more like I get a lot of uh angst with a few coaches do you mean that are like oh you're in your free Facebook group the Australian business collaborative quite regularly you do a lot of free stuff but I'm like Other than dabbling a little bit in Google ads for a very small amount of time, every one of my VIP clients has either come from my podcast, come from a networking event, or come from my group. Why? Because I'm not just ticking a box. I'm showing up. I'm speaking to them. I like their stuff. I comment where I can. As the bigger I get, I'm not silly. Like I've got a community manager there that helps, but it's not just her. Like I'm still actively in there, just not as much as I was. And I think, again, I could talk to you long about the human, you know, humanizing your brand is that people are getting savvier in 2019 and they no longer want to be a number. They want to know like oh my goodness she liked this or she commented on this and it doesn't take much to disrupt the facebook feed. If Amy Porterfield is now, cuz she does that to me too like likes a comment, right? You're like oh my goodness Amy Porterfield. And she talks and you're like she just like I know you fan girl You're, fan you're <laughs> like oh my god, she just did this, right? <laughs> but it's the same type of thing that if we were talking about being someone's favorite, right? Is that at the end of the day other people look up to us like that too, you know? So the, like, to me, it's like, oh, so someone else is going, oh, Angela Henderson is just actually like commented back, you know? And I think it's important that as we grow in any business that we're
1: remindful that at the end of the day, people
0: are still people, people buy yeah. from people and they want that human
1: element. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. All so right, yeah, I think that community and connection is, is definitely important. Community and connection for a personal brand. All right, step number five. Is confidence and mindset. Now, the majority, not the majority, that's that's a bit extreme, but a lot of people will be like, I don't want to have a personal brand because I don't want you to look at me. Don't look at me and don't look at me. Don't oh, look at me. <laughs> okay. Look away. I, can okay. I just put the video on off right now? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that this is something that you've got to really um, get over, I guess, is, is the bottom line. and. The reason that I say that, and this is what I talk about when I'm working with people who are speaking or doing wanting to do videos or whatever else, is when you feel like that, like don't look at me or I look fat or my hair's grey or my voice sounds like a chipmunk, you are focusing on yourself. Mm -hmm. And in order to build your personal brand and your business in general, you have to be totally focused on your customer and your audience, and your community. So you've got to get your mindset right, that when you show up, and you're there, and showing your face, and doing a video, or a live, or whatever else, you are there to serve, you are there to share with them, you are there to connect with them. And I want you to focus on that. If you think, I don't want to build my personal brand, because it feels icky to me, and it feels really self-centered, and it feels like I'm showing off, or whatever it is that you're feeling, I just want to say to you, people want to connect with you. They want to get to know you. They want to hear from you. That's why they are following you. So I want you to really think about what is it that they're here for? Like why is it that they're following me? What can I give them today? What is a tip, piece of advice, insight or, you know, whatever it is, how can I entertain them today? that is really going to help them in whatever it is I help them to do. And I think that when you stop focusing on yourself, you will enjoy it because you're there for them. And I, you know, and I feel like this message is around a lot, which is amazing and fantastic, is that confidence comes from a lot of small acts of courage. So every time you show up on a 15-second Insta story and you say, hey, guys, I just wanted to touch base and see how you're doing today, If you've got any questions, just let me know, but have a great Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is. If that felt scary for you, just that small act of courage has just allowed you to connect with your audience and your community. And the more you do that, the easier it gets and the more you will find people will respond and be attracted to you and the more your business and your personal brand will grow. Yeah,
0: 100%. And it's like little steps. You're not going to necessarily go and do an Insta live for 30 minutes and like kill it because you'll be like sweating, sweat pitorias, having heart failure. But again, 30, start with 10 seconds. Show up, show your face, do 30 seconds. And if live is scary, I always say just do pre-recorded. You can still upload the video. To me again, is they're hearing you, they're seeing you, they're getting your mannerisms, they're getting a piece of you, uh, which is always going to be better than just a regular post.
1: Yeah, but I've always said like I've got clients who there was, they were like there is no way I am getting on a video or an Insta story or whatever it is. And now that they've done it several times, I like see them on there all the time. Yeah. I think, you know, I always say everything's hard until it's easy, mm-hmm. which just means that the more you do something in little bursts like, you know, regularly, it will become something that's such a no-brainer for you. Yeah. Um, and I just think the other thing is is that you don't need to show up perfect. Like the people who I love to follow, yes, they have amazing polished, you know, websites or photos or whatever, but you know something? When I'm engaging with them on a regular basis, it's just real. Mm. It's like no makeup and you know, hair in a top knot and in their sweats. But the thing is, is that you're basically you're describing everything. me right now is what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically you're describing me, Susan.
0: It's like oh, my I'm in my yoga pants, I'm in my sports bra and I've got a top knot. I'm like,
1: basically you can call me out. That's fine. I'm all right with that. But the point is, is that that's what people love. I feel like a couple of years ago, we went through the whole, everything has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And now we're in a stage where we're like, give me real or don't give me anything. Yeah. And I think that that's really important as well. So. If you are worried about not being perfect, awesome. You're in exactly the right place. <laughs> where you need to be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, what, you know, um, um, Cherie from Digital Picnic, who's also speaking with us at my retreat in October, but also Tyler, he's actually saying the days of the flat lay, you know, an Instagram feed are like, they should have already been out, but they're still taking longer than what should be anticipated. And that I know when Sheree did her top nine Instagram posts, which were people's favorites, every one of them was had a human picture versus do you know what I mean that flat lay or selling of something? So people do want imperfect. They want the story. They want the person. They you know? want more the person. That, yeah, more, and they want they want to also feel it again. You're it's okay to be imperfect. You know, it's okay to make mistakes because it's through those mistakes, et cetera, that mean you know, people grow. And so, yeah, so the more I think, and I know the word authentic gets thrown around a lot, but I do think that that's where we're coming back, is that real, just,
1: just for you. Just yeah, show them, just show up. real. I think real is a great word. I think, you know, I always say, if you ever see me with a cat filter on, I look like crap. Yeah. <laughs> just like... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're well, that a really great Kylie filter at the moment, which well, I'm I know you like with the, the with the pink
0: lipstick. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Because for those that don't know, I've just had an operation where I had a, a body lift. And so I've been messaging Suze and I'm going Suze, you have all these amazing pieces. And I normally am dressed in like, which is fine. The $5, t- uh, you know, Kmart and yoga, but I was like, I promised myself I'd start dressing a little bit better once in a while. And so next thing you know, I'm like stalking Suze, not for necessarily business advice, but she's got all these fun wardrobes and she's must be getting sick of me DMing her like, Suze, where's that outfit from?
1: Uh, I'll never get sick of that. I'm a fashion girl. I love
0: it. Oh love my goodness. it. And I'm always like, and then I know you love the color pink too. And I saw you doing the Kylie thing. She's like, Ooh, look at this pink she's offering. But yeah, but those are the things that people remember. You know, when I speak, I talk a lot about, you know, I'm proud Canadian. I like Nutella. I like pink. And I'm not even kidding you. At most conferences, people will go buy me a jar of Nutella and like it's just like on my seat, right? And every time there's a Nutella post or something cool with pink, people are tagging me, like on random posts. Like, and did you see this Nutella shop that opened up in Belgium? But it's like I've made a connection with them. It's not just about me selling. Like they yes. like, I'm still a person and they
1: know, regardless if you like Nutella or not, they're like Ange does, you know. Yeah. So. And that's called an identifier. That's a personal brand identifier. So it's, what, it's something that you talk about on a regular basis that might be very personal to you. It's like Jenna Quitch's is mac and cheese. I talk about lychee martinis a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nutella,
1: lychee martinis, same, same. you can hang. <laughs> totally. Awesome. So the next one is really building a love for your brand and marketing. So this is another thing is that a lot of people um, don't love what they've got. They don't love what they're putting out there. Once again, it kind of comes back to the fact that they feel like they are putting themselves out there and being a bit showy. So you've just got to realize that when it comes to building your personal brand, it's okay to make the offer. Like people understand that you are a business person as well. And so becoming really comfortable with what you talk about, what you offer, how you offer it. Um, can also really make people feel really comfortable with you too. Because if you're really awkward about what it is you do, it makes other people feel awkward. So I think in order to also build your business around your personal brand, you've really got to work out a way of how you talk about um, you and what you do on a regular basis and be okay with that. And I always uh, say to clients too who struggle with things like talking about pricing or talking about what they do. I'm like practice in the mirror or get your partner or a friend to ask you about it on a regular basis so that it becomes a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. So you can just reel off what your program is about and how much it costs and, and all the benefits to it. Um, and you can talk about it in a way that is really connected uh, and you feel really comfortable with as well. So really building a love. For your brand and marketing, I think, is really important to building a really strong brand as well.
0: Because again, there's no point in building a personal brand in an audience. I mean, unless you're like maybe I don't know Kylie and Chloe and the Kardashians, right? That, that maybe they don't. Yeah, but need they're to still be- selling a product. Yeah, they're still always selling product. But say <laughs> they stopped selling their product and they just wanted to do it for fun, yeah. you know? But at the end of the day you know, building your personal brand is also equally about having a sustainable and profitable business, right? And so you've got to be able to ask for the sell, ask for the sale at some particular stage in a non-sleazy douchebaggy
1: way. Yeah. And I just think like I was saying to somebody the other day, I just think about it. Like I am so passionate about my products and services and what I'm here to do That if I don't tell you about it, you're not going to know about it and then you're going to miss out if this is something that you really want or need. And so for me, I'm really like that's how I focus on it. And I was saying to somebody the other day as well who's running a big conference, you can never market it too many times. Because people will only see one or two in every five posts about what it is that you're selling or marketing or talking about. So you've got to mix up your content, but you've kind of got to be almost a little bit overt without being sleazy about it, Mm. Um, where you talk about it in a way where you're like, if you're really looking to take your business to the next level and do X, Y, and Z, then I just want to let you know about this. And this is the benefits of it. And this is what I do. This is what my clients have said about it. So I'm really excited to let you know. And I think you've got to kind of find that passion and excitement about your products and services so that you can market it in a way that really resonates with you and your audience. And I think, again, you'll read your audience. You'll figure out
0: what works best for you. And like you said, you can never market like, too much, like, especially with the algorithms, right? Like, people aren't seeing stuff. And yeah. also, like, you know, my Facebook group is growing by anywhere from 50 to 100 people every single week. It's like, so if I talked about it last week and they didn't scroll all the way down, they won't have heard about it anyway. So you do have to constantly be making sure that you, again, are present, being consistent, and again, giving that love for your brand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even in my Insta stories, like the other day, I was like at the pool and I took a photo of me eating a gay time ice cream and I was talking about a whole lot of other stuff but then in between some of them were images about a dinner that's coming up and then there was another image about a free webinar that I've got and so you kind of just mix it up mm-hmm. and it, it's just the way that you do it obviously is more is fun and engaging but um, I think you've just got to become really used to that as well.
0: And that comes with, again, putting yourself out there, you know, like you've got to be able to feel comfortable to talk about the personal stuff to, that they get that human and also blend in the work, you know, and people and the more consistent you are, the more your audience will expect it.
1: Yes. Also, you know, so absolutely, yeah, for sure. And I was and I just think that a lot of people don't do that. They're like, oh, I don't I don't want to sell or I don't want to market. Um, and I just think that people are following you for a reason. And yeah. if you don't make the offer and you don't tell them how they can work with you, then you've completely missed the opportunity and you're actually not helping them. No. Because they're following you because they want to get better at X, whatever it is you talk about. Yeah. Um, and so if you, and if, and if you make the offer and they don't buy it, that's fine. Like it's no big deal, but, but don't miss the opportunity. Yeah, 100%. Now what's our last step? Our last step to building a personal brand in 2019 and beyond is video. Okay. So I just think it's really important. Like, video is the fastest growing medium. It is the medium that gets the most engagement. Like, Facebook just put out, or I think it was a digital company put out um, a research in January that said that Facebook is showing that all of the content that's getting really amazing engagement Mm -hmm. is still video. And obviously, insta stories has gone through the roof um youtube is still the kind of the number one search engine for if people are looking for how to cook this or how to do that or how to write this then videos are coming up as the first things that you're seeing as well so i just think that you have to work out once again how it fits into your business and what you do but i think that you've got to have some sort of video strategy And some of the simple things that you can do that don't require you constantly recording can be things like having a video on your product and sales pages, product and service sales pages, having a video on your about page, um, having a product demo or several product demos of what your business does, having video testimonials that you can ask people to record and send to you and then you can put that on your website or put that on YouTube. Um, Obviously, things like Insta Stories, I just would just say to any business owner, figure out how to get confident doing it and use it because you are missing a massive opportunity if your audience is on somewhere like Instagram and you're not using it to build that trust and relationship. So I just think that video generally in your business, whether it's on your website, YouTube, Facebook, wherever else, I just think you've got to work out how you can start to incorporate it more in your business. Yeah. You know, listen, I've been using video for a while and I
0: couldn't agree more. I know people are probably crafting themselves even when you use the word video. But again, it's, it is next level. Uh, the stats show it. Uh, people engage better the conversions are better like it really is you know and again if you don't want to go live there's other ways that you can, yeah. you can edit you know you, there's multiple ways but again at the end of the day I always say people have choices do it or don't do it but if you choose not to just know that everyone around you is always going to excel quicker than you will then that's, yeah. the, that's the reality
1: and just going back to what I always say it's hard until it's easy so, you know, once again, I had a client who was like, there's no way I'm doing this. I got her to get on video for five days. She didn't need to post it anywhere. And because I could see how amazing she was and we were on our video calls, she just kind of lit up the screen and I was just like, you, you need to do this. And now she does lives, she does collaborations with people. She's like video is 100% part of her business. So I just think try it on for size. And do things in a way that you can start to get used to it. Like you don't need high production from day one. Mm -mm. Just work out how you can start to get comfortable. Use your phone and a stand and just start recording and see how you go. Because the more you do it, the more you'll learn, the more confident you'll get. um, And you'll be able to do things a lot quicker with more impact and more conversions if you start to do it now. Yep. And again, you're better to start
0: now going to start in a year from now and and let you know with my podcast I think we're on episode 40 or 41 I'll have to double check for this one but it's one of those things that again like I had no clue I literally had this crappy little mic that I'm still using uh I found Lyndall from Podcast VA and was like, well, what do I got to lose? And I actually paid for a whole six months in advance so that I knew that I had at least six months because most podcasters won't get to episode nine before they quit. And I just thought, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? No one listens. Like that's the worst, right? But what's the best thing that could happen? The relationships I've made through podcasting, the relationships, um, the leads that have now come through podcasting and also opportunity because... Uh, I won't say names, but someone was saying at this gig that I got for speaking that it came down to the people that were there. There was three of us. And they said that the differential point was that I had a podcast, you know, so it's like video podcast, you know, all these things are avenues that again, it's better to start now than to start later because you'll always position yourself much quicker.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing, I mean, I used to be a massive Gary Vee fan. I'm kind of I'm tapered off a bit because it was a bit intense for a while. I do but agree. Just, but something that I do always think about when it comes to him is, Don't be precious about the platform. Go where the attention is. And I think video is where the attention is and audio is where the attention is. And so you have got to make a decision how, and this is one of the benefits of being a small business, is agility. How do you pivot and grow and move to be where the attention is? And you've got to learn to become comfortable super quick with things because if you wait to become comfortable, it's gone. It's done. It's dusted. Like you might think, oh, maybe I'll start a podcast in a year or two. Like maybe I'll do a video in a year or two. Like you, things move at such a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to work out how you become comfortable quickly yep. with things and how you focus on your audience and not on yourself to become comfortable quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. And I know Dan Norris, a friend of mine, always says it's better to fail fast. Go in there. Do it. And if it isn't working, fail fast and move, pivot. You know, like don't sit there trying to like pull this out. Just like go, but you got to give it a go because you don't know. And and again, Dan will say, it's not about failing. It's okay, great. What lesson have I learned? How do we move? Let's go, you know? But again, if you're waiting and waiting and waiting, you're never going to know if it's working or if it isn't working.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to try it as well. Like I think a lot of times we make things this big obstacle that's going to be so hard and I'm not going to be good at it and it's going to be really difficult to do and it's going to take me ages and you've not even tried it once with podcasting I'm exactly the same as you I've got Linel to set me up I thought I'll record three episodes we'll see how this goes and when I look at it I just I said I don't know I I said it the other day somewhere is that If I was stood and there were 500 people every week that I was speaking in front of, that's amazing and that's like what your podcast is. Anything from like 100 to thousands and thousands of people will listen every single week and if you think about you standing on a stage on a weekly basis with that number of people in front of you, like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible, the access. Yeah, The access,
0: again, the credibility, the familiarity, the authority, like everything in a bundle is amazing. Yeah. So to recap, so Suze's, do you know what I mean? Top seven ways to build your business brand is step one is that you need to be in that thought leadership. Do you know what I mean? You've got to be rock and roll and that people, you know, what, what will they be saying about you when you're not in the room, when you're not present? And again, I really liked your one tip that you said is to finish the sentence, I want to be known for and then blank. Step two is that consistent marketing. Amen, sister. You've preached into the choir. Step three, for to, in order to grow that personal brand, is you need to be looking at speaking, podcasting, and workshops. You know what I mean? Getting yourself out there to connect, but equally to build connections. Step four is community and connection. Step five is building that confidence and mindset. Step six is building a love for your brand and business. And step seven is video. You know, again, it's the fastest growing medium in order to get your business to that next level. So now for those listeners uh, out there, obviously I and the 50 other amazing women will get to see you at the four-day, three-night women in business retreat that I'm having in October, which we're super excited to have you on board as a speaker. But for those that might not be coming to the retreat, which you should because you're going to miss out and you will fear missing out, um, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, you can find me at theconnectionexchange.com or on all social platforms at Suze Chadwick. Uh, And I also have the Brand Builders Lab podcast as well on all of your app channels. Channels. All the app channels. She does have a very fun
0: Insta story. I do always have a chuckle. Do you know what I mean? Great tips, but also fun. So, again, if you're looking at kind of building that Instagram story, make sure that you follow her over there too because it is super fun, especially with the Kylie little pinkness because, again, I do love that. (laughs) And for the rest of you guys out there that have been listening, my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all things business related and life topics inside my Facebook group, the Australian Business Collaborative. We've got almost close to 5,000 members over there. So make sure to join us. It's always a good fun. We've got a good laugh, good advice. And obviously, you can get some help for your business and our
1: life. Now, I think that is everything. Anything else from you, Miss Suze? no just go forth and have fun with this you know you don't what you don't want is to get down the track in a few years time and wish you had started today <laughs> be like womp, womp.
0: all right well listen everyone have an awesome day no matter where you are in the world this is Ange from Angel Anderson Consulting and I look forward to listening or having you listen to our next episode of business and life conversations podcast next week bye for now